Good afternoon, Bars Nation. How are you doing today? It is Friday, August 25th, and this is Bended Knee. Guys, uh, once we get into our little topic today after our prayer, we're going to talk a little bit about tithing and the misconceptions of uh, many churches and tithing, what tithing really, really is. Always found this to be a pretty interesting topic. I've um, got a couple things real real quick, though, that uh, Scott wanted me to throw in today. So um, first off, <clears throat> excuse me, we have um, uh, Midnight Baker moved to Arizona. So Mary Beth Knight, who is uh, one of our patriots, um, the baker, you guys remember, she supplies some of the uh, the food and stuff like that for one of our uh, Bards Fest, um, is in the middle of a mood or in the middle of a move. And she is set up a give, send, go. Um, this give, send, go goal is a $7,500. They're trying to get to a new location. I'll read you real quick some of what she has in here. So it says, God's timing is always perfect. I have wanted to go and live in Phoenix near my daughter for several years since the first grandson was born six years ago. We did not, however, hear from God on the subject, so we stayed put, and we were obedient. We thrived and we grew where we were planted, and every once in a while we would check um, with God to see the plans um, for us and where we should live. So 10 months ago, things started lining up, and we could tell the hand of God was upon us. My husband's company announced that they needed him to open up an Arizona territory. And that's definitely God speaking. The evidence of God's hand at work um, is a great walk of faith for us in the past. Um, I have tried to do it in my own strength, in my own timing. God has orchestrated the journey and I am in awe of him and how perfect his timing is. So right now, um, I can tell you firsthand, I have just moved across the country and I can tell you exactly how expensive it is and how hard it is just to get from one place to the other. Often the price of it detours us from making a move that we should be doing in the first place. But God has his hand in this. And I know that you guys have got a very caring hearts and so forth. So um, at the very least, uh, we'll make sure to get these links up. Scott will be talking about it this evening as well. We'll get it up on our Kilted Christian Telegram as well as on Bars Nation. So that you guys, at the very least, if you can't afford to help donate, um, definitely donate some prayers. Prayers go a long, long way, as we all know. So we watch out for one another. And uh, like I said, I'll keep uh, Mary Beth and the family in the prayer so that they make this move and they can be around their kids because things are getting uh, rather chaotic. You guys have seen them. I mean, there, there's actually some pretty good looking things on the horizon right now um i'll tell you the the what took place yesterday with the trump arrest and so forth um boy trump took the wind out of the sails of the democrats they were waiting for that arrest the arrest happened they were just gonna plaster that mugshot everywhere but they couldn't do it quicker than the patriots who are putting that mugshot everywhere bragging about it trump for the first time in what two two and a half years popped back on twitter and uh left his first tweet which is pretty interesting if you guys go and you read the that tweet, um, it actually spells, if you look at the first three letters of the little saying that Trump put up there, it spells E-N-D, end. And uh, I know many of us are very skeptical. We've seen a lot of things that have gotten our hope up, but it's nonetheless, it is pretty interesting. Um, like I said, we basically took their little game and we turned it around on them. Things are starting to show the corruption of all the other people because of what they're going after Trump and all of Trump's people for. It's going to ultimately backfire on them because how do you get information out to the public legally? You do it through discovery. They just open the door for discovery to be planted in here so that we can see everything that actually took place. And we've all said the same thing. The, uh, 2024 is pointless, absolutely pointless, unless we can fix this election system, you know, and at least you have to start with making people aware that something was wrong in these last couple of elections. So I have um, good hope that, you know, 
that at least this will be revealed so people can see how corrupt the government is. I'm not saying things are going to get fixed by any means, but God did promise us that he would shine a light on all the darkness and expose all evil and corruption. And we're starting to see that more and more. That being said, we also see the evil in this world, the cabal, the deep state, whatever you want to call them, um, doing everything they can to create chaos around this world, not just in our country, but all over the place because we're seeing fires all over the place. The Maui, the Maui incident is getting um, crazier and crazier. They put up what they call a dust fence, or as I like to call it, a visual obstruction to keep people from seeing. Um, our resident in chief is still on vacation, literally left his vacation, went over to Maui, said a bunch of stupid things, did not make them look any better, and then went back to his vacation. In the midst of all of this, um, I want to know where Cackles is. Old Cackles Kamala, where has she been? She kind of disappeared off the face of the earth, too. Um, like I said, I don't know what's going on, but at least the show's starting to get a little bit exciting. And one thing about us having this relationship with God and Christ is that we can at least relax. They told us not to fear, let go of the anxiety, let go of the stress. So we can at least relax. Um, is this a battle between two evil forces trying to gain power? Who knows? But I will say the same thing I say on my show all the time is I will have let one evil take down the other evil because then we only have one enemy to battle instead of two and who knows in this world things are getting crazy but we know how the book ends god wins so just stay calm stay in prayer we're going to get through this um without a problem just enjoy the show i guess in the meantime also uh it looks as if they are trying to set up the next wave of covid i know you guys are excited about this i know everyone's looking forward to the mask and the lockdowns Woohoo! remember how fun that was yeah they're starting to push that again um, one school in Kentucky shut down until Tuesday because apparently of a high um, COVID um, calendar, something like that in the school. One place in Texas did the same thing, saw a video with a nurse. And I, I um, Nikki told me that it was from a different time or like a year ago or so. But um, this may be a different video. I'm not sure where they are getting their hospital ready for the next COVID wave. You know, so it's amazing. Um, all the all the uh, pharmaceutical profits that are out there that just seem to know when this is coming and when they need to block off areas of their hospital so they can get people in. But we know this was coming. We've been warned. They're starting to talk about it openly on the media. So guys get prepared for it. The next wave of lockdowns coming, the next mask requirements are coming. Don't comply. We have everything we need. Jesus, God gave us absolutely everything that we need, um, including the courage to stand firm and to walk past the idiots that are trying to stop you from going into a store because you're not wearing a mask. Guys, remember, the masks are more dangerous than anything. Talk to my sister today. Um, my niece got sick over and over again um, during that the time where they were wearing a mask. And it had nothing to do with COVID. It had to do with the mask itself. They're basically like little dirty, um, parasite-infested Petri dishes that you wear on your face. And I've said it before. I will keep on saying it once this thing comes back in. If you walk into a store and you can still smell the bananas, your mask's not working. You can't smell anything through a mask that's supposed to be working. And like I said, I've worked on construction sites. I know many of you do too. Um, these aren't OSHA required. Anything that they ask you to wear doesn't work. Um, that's why OSHA doesn't require a certain mask on their site because you go home, you blow your nose, and you've got a sheet rot dust or sawdust coming out of your nose. Obviously, these things don't work unless you've got one of those full masks that keeps gas and disease and all this other stuff out, which basically most of us don't have access to or at least we don't own one i own a couple of them just because i'm paranoid conspiracy theorists according to these democrats but um 
Yeah, so we got a lot going on. I'm going to read real quick this right here before we get into our prayer. We got a couple of minutes before the prayer or one minute for the prayer time. So this is from D. Sala, and I believe this came out earlier this week. And sadly, um, it wasn't fast enough. So a prayer request. My mom has suddenly developed an aggressive cancer. Just got the news today. A couple of weeks, maybe. As she is not willing to do any more testing or treatments. Um, Jackie, dear sister, you invited me to your church. And in the immense blessing, mom intended also. I have tried for years to get mom to go to church and only after attending your church did she find a love for Jesus. Amen to that. So Bards, without you, I would not have found Jackie. And without Jackie, mom would not have known the joy and the peace of loving church family. My prayer is not just a plea to ease the suffering from my mom and so many others, but also a prayer of gratitude for the love and support found here. Okay, so this is the follow up, the update that came in today, sadly. My mom passed away this afternoon. The sudden aggressive cancer took just a few days. And when I thought I would have a few weeks, so her mom passed away and uh, it's so sad to see, and it is 411. So we're going to start the prayer off with this, and then we're going to move into other prayers as well. So everybody, please bow your heads. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you again for another beautiful day. Dear Lord, um, this world is just full of chaos, but first and foremost, it's full of your grace and your love, which allows us to get to these hard times. But dear Lord, sometimes are a little bit more difficult. Sometimes, you know, we, we feel like there's uh, trials, tribulations, and suffering, but it's really just us enduring and growing through your strength, dear Lord. It's hard to understand sometimes, especially when we lose loved, we lose loved ones. So, Father, I ask that you bless Isala and her family and get them through these times. Dear Lord, please open your arms and accept their mother into heaven, dear Lord, so they can just be with you in a way better place than we are right now. Dear Lord, we are here on this earth and we're trying to make the best of it. We're trying to do what we can to clean up the mess that we not necessarily created but allowed. We became too tolerant, dear Lord, as Christians. We said, you know what, well, as long as you're doing it in your own home. And dear Lord, we should have never have done that because all they did was take advantage of it. And now we're in a place where they're trying to kill us all. They're trying to take advantage, grab our land, take away our freedoms. Everything that you granted us, dear Lord, they are trying to take away, including the birth of our own children, dear Lord, your children on this earth, dear Lord. We need to do everything that we can while we're here. I know this is not our home, and one day you're going to call us home. But we don't know that time, and, and nor do you. So, dear Lord, I ask that you give us patience during these moments, patience with, with our enemies, patience with one another, dear Lord. If we have a disagreement on something small, let us remember that it's just something small and that there's way bigger things that we need to focus on. And that is the love that you bring us, sharing that, sharing the joy that we have, the relationship that we have with you, and dear Lord, doing our due diligence to help other people find that same relationship that we have found. Heavenly Father, we're not perfect, and you know that, but you loved us anyways. You loved us every moment, from the moment we were born. You destined us with, with something to do, a mission. Some, you gave us these skills, which we have honed over our lives. Dear Lord, many of us didn't know you at that point, but you still knew us. Many of us didn't realize we were working for you, but you were working through us at that very time. You were preparing us for the moment that we are now, dear Lord, but we're awake. Our eyes are wide open thanks to you, lifting that veil a little bit more every single day. Dear Lord, being awake right now and understanding what's happening in this world is a blessing, but it's also a curse. It's a blessing because you've given us this opportunity to do something, to step up, to become part of this great mission. We're all in our little separate missions, but these separate missions are actually part of the big mission, which you have brought us together for. And I am thankful for that, Father, and I know every one of us are. So, dear Lord, I asked it. You just give us that extra patience. 
the extra courage, the wisdom, the discernment that we're going to need to navigate these rough waters. Dear Lord, let us be willing when you ask us to step out of the boat and walk on the water to do so because we have full faith in you. Dear Lord, not every day is easy. Some days our faith is a little weaker than other days, but you always bring one of us into each other's lives to help lift us up. And I'm thankful your machine works so perfectly, dear Lord, as we come together and we serve you in the greatest ways we can. So, dear Lord, let us have patience and let us always remember to even pray for our enemies because one day they may not be our enemies. Dear Lord, we have seen over the last couple of years as we are waking up, seeing, trying to spread the truth, being called conspiracy theorists, white nationalists, racists, and every other name in the book. And it's because we are true Christians with true love in our heart. And they said, you told us one day that we would be despised as you were. They hated you. They hung you on a cross, dear Lord. And one day they may hang us on our own metaphorical cross. Let us be ready for that day, dear Lord, because all we're going to do is go home to you. But let us utilize every second that we have right here on this earth to do the great blessings, to do great things here, to make a difference on this world, dear Lord. It's not about waking up a million people. It's not about getting a million people to accept you into their hearts, dear Lord. It's about that one person that one soul a day, dear Lord, and we're not the ones responsible. You're using us as vessels. We are your arms, your feet, your voices. Dear Lord, we are here to do your bidding and to do your work and to serve you in great ways. And we accomplish anything that you set us on. There's not a mission that you, that you walk us on that is in vain. Dear Lord, when you ask us to start something, you see it through so that we finish it. And you're right by our side from the beginning until the end. And I'm thankful for that because some days are scary, Father. And on those days, you've always given us courage. Dear Lord, some days are full of anxiety and stress, but you tell us, hand that burden over to me, in which we do. And dear Lord, where we would complain about that, you don't, because you love us that much, and you know why we are here. You know every, head or every hair on our head since the moment that we were born and put onto this earth, dear Lord, and you knew what we were going to be doing right now today. You know what we're going to be doing tomorrow. Father, you tell us that you promised us today. But we don't know if we have a tomorrow or the next day or the next day. So let us use every second that we have today just in case there is no tomorrow. But dear Lord, if you so bless us all with a tomorrow, let us utilize that day too. Dear Lord, there's a lot of waking up to do. There's a lot of evil in this world that we've never seen before in our lives. There's still evil out there that we don't know. And as awake as we are and as conscious as we are to what's happening in this world, we are even going to be shocked at some of the things that we see in these coming years. Father, I'm watching prophecy break up and, and unfold every single day. There's no question that we are in the times that you talked about in Revelation. So let us stand up. Let us be brave. Let us walk into that battlefield, dear Lord. But I ask that you open our souls, our hearts, and our minds just a little bit more every day. So not, not just so we can see the, the political, the government, the corruption, and the evil of the flesh, but of that spiritual war that's going on all around us, which is even more difficult to see but it's really easy to feel. And we see examples of this every day. Sometimes, dear Lord, it weakens us. Sometimes it gives us sleepless nights and nightmares. But you, you get us up in that morning as we pray and we thank you, dear Lord, for the blessings that you've given us and then we ask you for what we need, the mended armor, dear Lord, as we repent for our sins to become better people so that we can accomplish and win this battle. And dear Lord, one thing that I've learned over the last couple of years, as many of us has, it's not about destroying their army. It's about weakening it while we build ours. So dear Lord, let us pray for our enemies. Let us pray for them by name. Dear Lord, when people start waking up and coming around to see what we've seen for the last six years plus, 
I just ask that you remove those clenched fists that sometimes we want to as we hold grudges because of, of what people have said to us, called us, or done to us over these years. Let us open up our arms so that we can give them hugs. Welcoming to our army, dear Lord, as we build it once again, weakening the evil and the evil army. I ask, dear Lord, that you remove all temptation from our lives. Deliver us from evil. Dear Lord, give us that glory and that power that we need and we ask for every single day. Allow us, dear Lord, to watch out for our children, to make sure that they have a good life going forward in case it's not time to go home. Dear Lord, it all starts with those children. We were the ones that let you down. It wasn't them. So let this war be on our watch, on our time, dear Lord. Let's raise our children right with the full glory of God. Let's remove the evil and the devil from everything, technology, the schools, and everything that is ruining our children and fill them with your grace and love. It starts in church. It starts at the family, dear Lord. And one thing we have realized is even the churches have become tainted in many ways. But we also learned, dear Lord, that the church isn't necessarily the temple. It's as simple as coming together every single day on podcasts, um, in community, around campfires, to speak of your heavenly name, to talk about all that you've given us and all the blessings and all the things you have done for us, to come up with our game plan for this spiritual battle. Dear Lord, let us keep on working because the, the deeds and the missions that you set us on now may not even be for this moment. It may be for the battle that we're walking into down the road. But dear Lord, you are brilliant at this plan and preparing us so that we are ready for that time and that more people will come around because of what you have set us on and what you have asked us to do. Let us never hesitate, dear Lord, when you talk to us and let us all, dear Lord, learn how to listen a little bit better so that we can serve you in the best ways that we can. Dear Lord, we love you with all of our hearts. In Jesus Christ's name and our Heavenly Father's name, I pray. Amen. Well, guys, it's an actually beautiful day. It was so muggy here this morning, but, you know, it's still a blessing. Even when you walk out, you start sweating instantly in this hot, humid weather that we're dealing with today. You can still notice and appreciate all the beautiful things like the birds flying around, like the green grass all over the place. There's little things that sometimes we just take for granted. We can still love and we can still appreciate. And I, you know, I'm just grateful every day that, that I have found God, that all of you have, because he brought us all together so we can be on this mission and help each other, lift each other up in these times, um, help each other just like with this gives and go, you know, at the very least with prayer, we can help with finance. And that's one beautiful thing about this family. You guys always come through. Scott and I had this conversation last night about all that you guys do and how quickly every time Scott has put up a gives and go to help someone out, how quickly you have come through to make sure that this happened. And nothing that we put up um, is ever going to be in vain. It's not to help somebody with their greed. It's to help them out in a way that they need it. And you guys step up to the occasion every time with prayers. We see examples of bended knee prayers every day. The Saturday prayers being answered literally within hours sometimes, but at least within the weeks and the months. And, and those, those prayers that take a little longer to be answered, there's other things that are going on. So the prayers actually being answered. We just don't see it. God's building up strength. He's building up our patience. He's building up those things that, you know, we walk away from as, as humans when we get caught up in this flesh, you know, which is why I'm going to say what Scott always says, always keep one foot in the kingdom and one foot on this earth because we do have a battle to fight right now. It's not going to be pretty right now. It's a war of information, but we need to be ready to throw those rocks. If it comes down to it, to draw those swords, if it comes down to it. And I hope it never does, but we can make a difference every single day by at least doing our prayers 
And that, that's one of the reasons that I wanted to talk a little bit about tithing today, because, uh, you know, before I understood, um, before I was a Christian, I still understood how the tithing works. And it always kind of amazed me. And it's a show of faith, if anything, because you may give the last money that you have to somebody that's in need. You may um, be, you know, a little bit worried that you're not going to pay rent. The thing is, is because God asked you to do it, you do it. And God always rewards you. He always makes sure that you're going to be okay because you showed faith. And that's really, in my opinion, what, what a tithe is really about. I mean, it does help other people, but it also shows that you love and trust God enough to hand over the last piece of bread that you have, that last dollar that you may have that you had planned to eat for yourself. God will always take care of you. But sometimes some people need it a little bit more than we do. And I've learned that and I've seen it a million times. Every time I have taken that leap of faith and a tithe, I'll hand it over and I'll worry. Sometimes I'm not going to lie. I do worry, but I do it anyways. But God always ends up at least bringing back what I gave out. And it's just absolutely amazing. And it's all because of a show of faith. So what does the Bible look like um, when talking about tithing and is tithing the New Testament? So if you've ever been in a church, you've likely heard a sermon about tithing. Many churches and pastors preach that Christians should tithe 10%. Um, but I think most churches fail to accurately teach what the Bible says. In fact, um, many flat out ignore it simply to tell people to give them money. And that's the big problem. Now, you should absolutely tithe to a church because you got to think, while we're out working all day long, I mean, this is a great conversation I actually have with Willie, the guy that uh, runs uh, Mandolin Farms where we're going to be going. He talks, he told me, you know, some people complain about having to pay the preacher, giving them that tithe. And it's like, look, while we're working all day, making money for our family, what are the preachers doing? The good ones. They're um, out there sitting by the phone, waiting for someone to call in case they need their guidance. They are doing their, their own little scriptural rabbit holes to prepare the sermon for the Wednesday, the Saturday and the Sunday um, church, you know, gathering of the people. They're hard workers. They don't ever stop. Um, you know, you call me in the middle of the night, I'll probably answer. That's a bad example. You call some of us in the middle of the night, we may not answer our phone, but most preachers will be right there by their phone to answer because sometimes, you know, we don't know when the problem's going to occur. And it may call, occur right in the middle of the night and the preachers are there to answer that call, to give you the guidance that God puts on their hearts to give you. So, but in this massive oversimplification of the tithe is in the Bible, the tithe for the nation of Israel was much more than simply giving 10%. So um, we got uh, uh, most often um, we associate this tithe with a 10% offering that we give to God off of what we make. Um, what, uh, but that's what most churches teach. Um, for every $100 you make, you give the church 10%. So where does, what does tithe mean? So from the Hebrew word, Asar. So it's A-S-A-R. It's often translated into English as tithe, which actually means one-tenth. So there is a significance within why we give the 10%. So in Leviticus 27.30 um, gives us a clear picture of what the tithe is. Every tithe of the land, whether of the seed of the land or of the fruit of the tree, is the Lord's. It is a holy to the Lord. Here's a quick summary of the tithing in the Bible. So this, uh, the first tithe that is found in Genesis, all the way back in Genesis 14, 18 through 20, in which Abraham, the father of Israel, offers a tithe. So numbers is the one that follows that. Or the next one that you see is 1826. So speak to the Levites and say to them, when you receive from the Israelites the tithe I give you as your inheritance, 
you must present a tenth of that tithe as the Lord's offering. Deuteronomy 14.22, be sure to set aside a tenth of all of your fields produced, that you produce each year. 2 Chronicles 31.5, as soon as the order went out, the Israelites generously gave their first fruits of their grain, new wine, olive oil, and honey, and all the fields produced. They brought a great amount, a tithe of everything. And in Malachi 3.8, we see the consequences of not tithing for the nation of Israel. So um, we see throughout the Old Testament that a tithe is required under the uh, Mosaic law. Um, but we shouldn't assume that these tithes were the same as giving to the church today. So tithes and offerings in the Old Testament. For the nation of Israel, tithing was a straight 10% offering. The law required them to pay multiple tithes and offerings. First, the tithes were what required of each of the Israelites to pay. The three main tithes were the first tithe. This was a yearly 10% tithe to give support to the Levites um, in their priestly service. The festival tithe. This was another yearly 10% tithe given to support religious festivals. And the poor tithe. This was a tithe to support the poor every third year. So we tend to assume that the Old Testament, that the Israelites gave a total of 10%, but in reality, the total was, was likely much higher, somewhere between 20 to 30% every single year, if you break it down throughout the year. It's important to remember that tithing was the first and foremost an act of worship commanded by God, but it is also how the whole nation of Israel was funded. In essence, it is their tax system. So... Tithing doesn't need to be money. And that's one thing is that a lot of us get um, caught up in the fact is that 10% of what you earn. Um, but back in the day, you know, just like with Cain and Abel, you know, you had to sacrifice or a tithe, which they basically gave um, the lamb or, you know, the grain. So it was a, a percentage of what you did, your harvest or whatever it was. But in my opinion, this is just my opinion. One of the greatest tithes that we can get is our own time. Because there's nothing more valuable here on this earth than time. Um, you know, the money that we make comes from our time. But, you know, it's easy to go work and be like, okay, here's 10% of what I made. But taking that extra time out of your day in order to go help somebody to, to build a barn, to um, babysit their children, to counsel them, or to do whatever you need to do, there's nothing more valuable than a tithe of your own, your very own time. And it is a show of faith. Because once again, it's not about what you're giving. It's about showing God that you trust God and Jesus enough to hand over whatever it is. You know what I'm saying? Um, even to the point of taking away a little time from your own family to hand out to someone else that needs it. It's a beautiful thing that we can do. And I personally, um, I, I tithe money when I can, but at the very least, I'll tithe my time and I'll do what I can to help another person get over some hardships that they may be going to. Um, Take care of some yard work if it's an old widow that can't do it herself. Like I said, you are still giving back and you're showing God that you love him by loving his children. So it's important to remember that tithing was first and foremost an act of worship, like I had said. But Israel didn't just pay these tithes. They also give offerings. These were above and beyond voluntary offerings. They included offerings for sin, peace, dedications, among others but not directly commanded. These offerings supplemented the required tithes. So, and that's another thing too, is that we're not required just to give what, what they ask. We can give more. And as Christians, we should dedicate every moment of our lives to serving God in some way, to tithing our time, to tithing the money, to help others, because we're not taking any of this money with us. Um, you know, 
we've got some people have an extra three hundred, four hundred thousand dollars in their bank account and it sits there and it gives them comfort. But the comfort should come from God. And when they re, when they see someone who is absolutely struggling to hand over five hundred dollars so that they can eat or something like that, you're changing someone's life. You're giving them ability to um, better themselves, to help their own families rather than sitting on money, which is a lot of people do today because that, that financial comfort. But this was one of the big designs is money is the root of all evil. The devil put this on here because we know how uncomfortable we get if we can't pay our bills. Um, one of the biggest stresses in marriages um, in relationships happens to be money and so forth. So it's a matter of putting your faith and your comfort in the heavenly father and not worrying about it, knowing that God will always provide you with what you need. And the big difference between the need and the want. We want a lot of things, but there's only so many things that we need. First and foremost, we need our Heavenly Father. Nothing else matters if you don't have that relationship with God. The next thing we need is food. We need water. We need air to breathe, and we need um, shelter over our heads so we're staying out of the storms. You know, those are the things that we need. And I can promise you God will in some way always provide you with those needs. So there's another important detail that we have to look at yet. So tithing is only ever mentioned in the Old Testament as part of the Mesoic um, covenant. Now, also known as the Old Covenant. So Jesus fulfilled the requirements of the Old Testament law, and Christians are no longer bound to uphold it, although I feel that, you know, we can't ignore it. You know, you, you should definitely hold to a lot of those old covenants because that's what keeps us out of trouble. You know, God didn't or Jesus didn't come here to die so that we could keep on sinning. He died because we were sinners and we have to step up and make every effort to let go of those sins, become better people and to help other people um, find that same blessing and love that we have in our lives. So while it's easy to see examples of tithing in the Bible, many of the teachings that are being taught surrounding it are twisted and misinterpreted for the greed of a lot of our pulpits, a lot of our ministers, you know, the, the mega churches. You know, um, Copeland is one that just drives me nuts every single day because a lot of people <clears throat> think that he's amazing and he does so good for the religious community, but he's self-serving. No different than um, the mega churches in Houston. And I could just name a lot of these people and you guys know who I'm talking about, the bad preachers, the ones that just hoard all the money, that own the big jets, that don't really hand back to the community and the congregation. You know, they think that that they are destined to have these nice things so they can get around and spread their word. But you know what? Your word is meaningless and it falls on, on deaf ears if all you're doing is hoarding that money to yourself and not handing it out to better society, to help our veterans, to get the homeless off the streets. That's what you should be doing instead of building a mega church. How about building a whole bunch of places to give homeless people a place to sleep, to give our veterans money so they can get the uh, medications that they need that our government's not supplying them with. See, they're part of the evil system and the devil has used our christian based system our our love of jesus to fool many many people so that G, so that the, the devil can use that opportunity to um basically deceive us even more because you go to church to get that relationship with christ and what are they doing they're preaching money and profit over a relationship with christ and i've seen that in many many cases which is why i prefer really small churches like the ones we have right here in flemingsburg where you guys are going to get to meet this community soon at the bards fest it's going to be coming up next month and you will see exactly what i'm saying truly loving people people that will not walk past you without giving you a nod or a wave and that's something that's simple, but you know how far that goes? It'll change your day immediately when someone just gives you a quick little smile. That's how powerful the love of God is. 
So all of this means Christians don't have to tithe, right? No, um, we can use our money however we want, never give a dime, right? Hold on. Let's jump into tithing into the New Testament and see what the New Testament teaches us here. So is tithe, this is tithing in the New Testament. Is tithing in the New Testament? No, the word tithe is not once used. However, it's far from silent on the topic of money. It just talks about it much different way. So maybe the biggest difference um, is that the tithe in the Old Testament was to support the work of God's people through funding the nation of Israel. In the New Testament, we don't see the same tithe commanded because Jesus gives us a new perspective on our offerings. Um, overall, the New Testament approaches the topic of giving much differently than the Old Testament. The Old Testament is much more black and white. It tells you what to give, when to give it, or where to give it. <clears throat> But the New Testament is a little bit more gray, but not in a bad way. So really what the New Testament does is it raises the bar. Giving isn't a checkbox. It requires you to examine yourself and see if you are living in the light of what Jesus has done. If you could consciously sum up what tithing is in the New Testament, looks um, would be generous. So I'm going to go right here. So this is 2 Corinthians 9, 6 through 7. Sums it up pretty nicely. But this I say... He who sows, um, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. So let us each one give um, as he or as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God's love and cheerful giver. Paul is saying that we are to be generous. Why? Because God has been generous to us. Therefore, we should be generous with our finances and with our time. And we also see that the concept that our generosity is an investment in God's kingdom. There's a reward for our generosity um, for us and for all others, especially those that we help because we are doing it for the kingdom. We are doing it because we love God and we are showing God that we love God by loving his children and helping his children. The reality is that the New Testament never tells us how much to give. Rather, it tells us to be generous. For some that might be 5%, others 50 maybe even for some 90%. Each of us should evaluate our lives and ask ourselves, are we living and giving generously or are we being selfish? That's a big shift from the more stringent rules that we saw in the Old Testament because it does raise the bar. Being generous isn't a box that you can check. It's a heart that we cultivate. So when we ask questions like, should Christians tithe? It's really the wrong question. Follower of Jesus should just be loving, kind, and generous. So this is what tithing is. And like I said, it's changed over time. And as Christians, we should just do things, not because we're told to do them, because we love God and we want to example God. We want to be as Christ-like on this earth as we can possibly be. We want to do to help others. We want to be selfless, not selfish. And this is where um, I, you know, a little bit of my opinion and some of the research I've done in tithing. And like I said, as I loved it is looking into the New Testament. It never once mentions tithe. It just says basically you reap what you sow. You give a lot, you'll get a lot. You give little, you're going to get little in return. And it goes down with love. It goes down with patience. It goes down with everything that we can do in our lives. It goes down with this war that we're in right now. You give hate, you're going to receive hate. You give love, you're going to receive love. And uh, we just need to follow that narrow path that Christ sent us off on, and uh, we're going to be just fine. 
But everybody, um, I want to, I've got a little bit of music to play today. That's right. Um, I don't have all my stuff on the move, but I did get what I needed as far as a little bit of music. So I'm going to finish off this hour with a little bit of some tunes. It's been a while and I always miss the music. But I hope you all um, enjoyed this uh, talk of tithe. I hope you all have an absolutely beautiful day. Um, like I said, uh, if you can if you can tithe or help out the uh, family, um, like I'm going to try to post it up when I post this uh, publication of this show. Scott will be talking about it this evening because, like I said, guys, we're all here to help. And it, it may be a dollar, it may be five dollars because eventually it adds up quickly. And I have watched every Gibson go that it's helped people, and just am amazed. I don't know why I'm amazed because God's hands in this at how fast you guys come through. And like I said, at the very least, how about a little prayer? Because we know those prayers are going to carry far work, far beyond any cash that we can give. And those prayers will be answered. And let's hope that, that they get moved to where they're going in Arizona. They can be around their family. And let's hope that it happens sooner than later because things are about to get really chaotic. Guys, I love you very, very much. Thank you so much for joining me today for this Friday of Bended Knee. Don't forget tomorrow, Scott will be doing his early morning long prayer show, Bended Knee, and it's going to be a call to prayer for Maui. So guys, make sure that you are there. Um, if there's ever a Bended Knee that you guys want to um, send out so that other people can join us, let it be this one. They needed our prayers yesterday. They needed them a week ago. But Bards Nation, as always, is going to lead the path, going to lead the way and get people to come together so that we can pray for those people that are in need. Because trust me, the government is not helping them whatsoever, but God will. And God's going to help us as well by bringing us together in prayer. Because when two or more people come together, miracles happen. Guys, I love you very much. I will see you tonight on Kilted Christian. Have a beautiful Friday. And I leave you with this. We shall pay any price, bear any burden, meet any hardship, support any friend, oppose any foe to assure the survival and the success of liberty. Every thoughtful citizen who despairs of war and wishes to bring peace should begin by looking inward by examining his own attitude towards the possibilities of peace. Too many of us think it is impossible. Too many think it is unreal. But that is a dangerous, defeatist belief. It leads to the conclusion that war is inevitable, that mankind is doomed, that we are gripped by forces we cannot control. We need not accept that view our problems are man-made, therefore they can be solved by man, and man can be as big as he wants. No problem of human destiny is beyond human beings. Man's reason and spirit have often solved the seemingly unsolvable, and we believe they can do it again. Surely the opening vistas of space promise high costs, and hardships, as well as high reward. So it is not surprising that some would have us stay where we are a little longer, to rest, to wait. But this city of Houston, this state of Texas, this country of the United States was not built by those who waited and rested and wished to look behind them. This country was conquered 
by those who move forward. And so will space. We choose to go to the moon in this decade and do the other thing, not because they are easy, but because they are hard. Because that challenge is one that we're willing to accept. The energy, the faith, the devotion which we bring to this endeavor will light our country and all who serve it. And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. has waited thousands of years to show its face. It has only one intent, to destroy God's light and to enslave. It has no scruples. It has no rules but one, to win at any cost. But we will never bow, for we are the remnant that will hold the line. This is war. We fight. We push, we climb, we never give in. We become the nightmare that evil didn't know exist. We pray, we stand. We live by the words, in God we trust. We fear nothing. We are the light that can never be extinguished. We are patriots. We are the digital army that will help deliver God's wrath. Thank you.
Hey. 
myself today to see if I still feel I focus on the pain the only thing that's real the needle tears a hole the old familiar sting try to kill it all away but I remember everything what have I become my sweetest friend everyone I know goes away in the And you could have it all My empire of dirt I will let you down I will make you hurt You stay the hell away from me, you hear? I wear this crown of thorns upon my liar's chair full of broken thoughts I cannot repair beneath the stains of time the feelings disappear you are someone else I am still right here what have I become my sweetest friend everyone I know goes away in the end and you could have it all my empire of dirt I will let you down I will make you hurt if I could start Thank you so much, Bard Nation, for joining us today for Bended Knee on Friday. Don't forget, tomorrow morning, um, not to mention the rest of the show tonight, but tomorrow morning will be the big prayer show for Maui. So, guys, uh, put that out as far as you can go. Let's get as many people there praying at one time so that we can help those poor souls right now that are being treated horribly by our government. I even hate to say the word government. These guys are terrible. They're not watching out for us. But, guys, have an absolutely beautiful rest of your day. Go out and grab some coffee. Get yourself to the rest of the day. Thank God just for allowing us to exist one more day because uh, we don't know. We're never promised tomorrow. So enjoy what you have right now and serve God in the greatest of ways. 
I will see you tonight for Kilted Christian, guys. Have a beautiful, beautiful day. I love you all very, very much. And God bless.